Beards for Radio. What's up? This is Joe. Joe. And this is Sash. And uh, we got so much to get to today. Um, Seems like right as we hung up the phone on last week's episode, just all of the NBA free agency news broke all over again. Am I right? Absolutely, man. <clears throat> Big week of free agency. You know, King James went to the Lakers. Boogie went to the Warriors. PG-13 stayed at OKC. Chris Paul did the same in Houston. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of a big week for uh, free agency, but I feel like it's kind of on the, you know, back end. I feel like, you know, the main, you know, free agency guys out there kind of picked up, except for Kawhi. He still re- remains, you know, kind of – which what the Spurs are going to do with them? Don't know if they're going to keep them in the West. Don't know if they're shipping to the East. Mm-hmm. But you know that's that's another thing. So what do you think about where Kawhi? You think Kawhi's going to end up, or what's your take on you know the big moves made right after you know our cast of last week? Right. Well, Kawhi is like he's dragging his feet right now. I've heard he'll only go to the Sixers if he's going to the East, or he'll. Now he wants he still wants to go to LA, but he wants to go to the Clippers now. Like he doesn't want to play with LeBron. And I'm just wondering, like, right. is this a guy you want at this point? Like he's he's kind of entering that diva stage where it's like you're not meeting every exact need that I want. So I'm gonna I'm not even gonna play next season. We haven't seen him play for a year and a half now. Like, he played, what, nine games last year? Yeah, something like that. And, you know, you're right. Like, like is he someone you want in your team? Is is he going to be that, you know, cancer now? You know, it's, it's kind of weird saying that about Kawhi Leonard because he was so, you know, you know, not that type of guy, at least in our opinion. So, is it, is it going down like that? Or is it are the Spurs just kind of like being little – piss ants about it and dragging their feet as well and saying, hey, you know, we're going to try trade the last second to the East and you know, big old thing, conspiracy, conspiracy you know, all day, but you know I don't know, but it's he's the last big free agent in my eyes out there right now, so I'm really curious to see what he does mm-hmm. And he's also coming back from a scary injury too, so it's, we don't know what kind of Kawhi is coming to whatever team is going to get him Right, yeah. definitely. So, what's your what's your take on LBJ going to the Lakers, man? Yeah. Um. So we did talk about this a bit last week, but you know it's. Um. You know they added like uh, Stevenson or Rondo around him, and I think that's kind of interesting that they added some players that kind of have a history of beefing with LeBron on his new team. I, yeah, I know. Yeah. I think maybe they're like trying to do the opposite of um, what Cleveland did. Because when he came back to Cleveland, it was like he had never played with Kyrie before, seemingly had no issues. Although now we're hearing reports that Kyrie didn't want him to come back uh, when he was coming back from Miami. Um, but that's a separate thing. But I think I think what the Lakers are trying to do is get more players that are creators, not just for themselves, but for other people. Because that that's what they didn't have in Cleveland, especially after Kyrie left, is they had so many players dependent on what LeBron does. It wasn't like Cleveland had a bunch of 
shitty like C minus type players on their roster. Like they had pretty good players on the roster, but they were all off ball, dependent on LeBron type of players. I think LA is going to try to veer away from that. Yeah, I think they're they're going to have to, but they're going to have to get that that other guy to be able to take over. You know, like how LeBron said in the playoffs. Or in the finals, like, you know, if, if KD's off, he has, you know, three other guys to help him out. Same thing with Steph, same thing with Clay. If those guys are off, they have other guys to pick up the slack. LeBron didn't have that this year. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's why that's what I think what primarily led to Cleveland losing is because LeBron gassed out. He just he, he just didn't have the help. No one else would create, you know, a, a, and Cleveland's offensive end besides him. Over Warriors and I and I and I still see the same thing right now. Who 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 can carry the load beside him right besides him right now? There's nobody, you know. And now, kind of go go into Boogie Cousins. You know, he goes to Warriors. Everybody in their the whole internet blows up like, oh, they're ruining basketball. Well, you had 31 other teams that could have got Boogie Cousins, man. 31 other teams, dude. They actually went to the Lakers before they went to the Warriors. You know what I'm saying? With the same deal, the Lakers said no. So, you know, you get to call it the Warriors, man. You get to be you get to be the fifth dude on that, maybe a sixth, you know, guy coming off the bench. But you're getting paid five million dollars a year. You get to hang out in LA with damn with champions, probably win a championship, and then kind of raise your stock and and you know wade through the free agent pool next year. Again, you know what I'm saying? And maybe you'll get a, a, a lot more money off of, of a devastating injury as well. So, you know, yeah. that's it, – it, I don't think it's that big of a deal that boogie. But everyone else thinks so. Right. Like, I think at best you get, you know, you're not going to get like a 25-point contributor, you know, t- almost 20 rebounds a game type of player anymore out of Boogie Cousins. But um, talking about, like, L.A. looking for, like, a sidekick to LeBron, could it maybe be Carmelo Anthony, longtime friend of LeBron James? Right. I was – that could be – that would just make no sense. It just wouldn't fit in. I think Melo – I think Melo's a cancer wherever he goes. Um, you see the OKC trying to part ways with him. But um, Chris Paul has made some, you know, you know, statements saying that he wants, you know, Melo to come over to Houston. Would that fit in? I don't know. They just signed Michael Carter-Williams. They let go of Mahamute. I think Michael Carter-Williams is kind of like the same type of player as Sean mm-hmm. Livingston, in my Lost. opinion. So I think to, to the Suns. Yeah, he's to the Suns now. So I think they're trying to work on their bench now that they lost Ariza. Um, I don't think they're going to be signed Ma Mute, but he's a good defender. That's what he does well. That's what he's kind of known for. But yeah, I don't see I don't see him going to LA. I see him maybe going play over there. Houston. I Brooks Lopez just recently signed with uh, Milwaukee, so Brooks is out of LA too. So the only big man they got there is Javale McGee. You know, there's no really, you know, that big of a, uh, you know, a presence 
other than LeBron in LA, I don't, I don't see them doing a lot. I honestly, I don't, I don't see LeBron unless they get them a, a stud right now that can bear the load. And and when, when LeBron's uh, on the bench, or if he's off, or sick, or winded, or whatever he is, if there's someone else that can pick up right where he left off and help him out, I just don't see them winning in LA. I really don't. So you don't think that player could already be on the team? Maybe like a healthy Brandon Ingram or a Kyle Kuzma? Hey, I like Kuzma. I like Ingram. I like. I even like Lonzo Ball. I just don't see them right now ex- being able to help LeBron when needed. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? You know, LeBron's one of the great – one of the great uh, – ISO players that are left. So's Mello, the great ISO players. You know what I'm saying? The one-on-one, you're not going to stop. You know, but LeBron, we all know that LeBron's going to slow down. He's going to have to switch his game up. Um, how he's going to do that, I don't know. Maybe, maybe more of a spot-up shooter and, like, mm-hmm. wait for the ball. Maybe not be the guy that's bringing the ball up and starting the, you know, starting the uh, offense right. every time. But then again, he doesn't have he doesn't have someone else to do that for him, someone else to lean on. You know what I'm saying? He had Kyrie to right. do that, but I don't see we it happening. I've seen him change up his game quite a bit, not from year to year, but from like his era to era. We saw a different LeBron in Miami than we saw his first time in Cleveland, and then a different LeBron in his second stint in Cleveland than in Miami in his first stint in Cleveland. So I don't know what type of player he's going to be when he gets to Los Angeles, what he's going to be asked to do. But yeah, I think it's imperative for if, if they want to win in 2019, it's, it's imperative that they add another option, but if they're just looking towards the future, like towards the back end of that four-year contract, then, you know, maybe take your time, but you got to be cautious with that. But it's four years, man. It's it's gonna four years gonna come like that, you know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't be surprised if they try to lure uh, Damian Lillard over there. I've been seeing stuff about them wanting him to go over there, but you know he's kind of you know wish washy about it, not letting anything go. So I don't know, I don't know. But you know there there are options too around the league. You know Bradley Beal could come from with the Wizards. I, I love Bradley Beal. Um, I just think someone else needs to carry the load for LeBron because it's just not going to take you over that Wizards hump. He needs that second superstar yeah. that's going to put up you know, 25 plus you know, needed every night. Maybe maybe not every night, but you know 20, but, you know, 20 yeah, I'm going to say every night. 20 plus needed every night, you know what I'm saying? So The issue for wherever Carmelo Anthony's going to go is that there's only one ball on the court. That's the most important thing to remember. So you can look at the stats like, oh, he's going to add 25 points per game to uh, whatever team he joins. Well, how much of that is he going to be taken away from other players on the team? Right. Yeah. I don't know. So, so I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, like, I don't know who's going to want to trade for him and give up assets, who's going to want to take up that contract. For one season, I don't. I don't know how much he's gotten in the tank. Maybe if there's a team that's just desperate for scoring out there, but I don't see a ton out there. Right, but 
Yeah, um, I think I think the free agency pool is pretty much you know picked clean. I think um, the top five free agents available right now that I've seen that I've been looking around, I've been seeing these guys consistently not taken but still there. Um, Clint Capella, Marcus Smart, um, Isaiah Thomas, Jabari Parker, and Luke Muamute. And the one that really stands out to me is Marcus Smart mm-hmm. because he's he's been getting he's been waiting for the Celtics to give him a call back, and Celtics haven't even given him the time of day. And he says he's disgusted and hurt by them not even you know coming to him because I think Marcus Smart put up some pretty damn good time and did stuff, you know, while uh, Kyrie was out. So, you know, I think I think he him being out as long as he has been in this free agency pool, it's just to me, it's wild. You know what I'm saying? Like him and Kip, Clint Capella should have been gobbled up already. You know, we I'm not I'm not adding Kawhi in that because Kawhi is, you know, just a, just a that's a whole other anomaly in itself at this point. You know, we don't know he, we, we know what's down to three teams if the Spurs deem it necessary, you know, or, you know, say so. So other than that, man, like, I think the free agent pool is definitely, you know, pretty much pick clean. Right. But Now we're looking at players like you know, Naza Pachulia being signed. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, you can go down the list, you know, Pacers got Tyreek Evans. You know, I kind of like their, their I squad. Like that for that roster. I think Yes, too. most definitely. Yeah. And then they got oh, they got over there. Miles Turner, um, 76ers is going ham. They re signed Red, uh, Reddick, Amir Johnson, and they signed Wilson Chandler from Denver. They signed Bielitsa, you know. And if they get uh, Kawhi, you know, it's East, East team, man, it really isn't. Mm-hmm. But the Sixers, and plus with uh, Dwight Howard going, go ahead, my bad. That was good. The Sixers did lose out on uh, Bellinelli and Ilyasova, who were. Two of the um, more underrated players on their teams that did a lot of stuff that other players either couldn't do or weren't willing to do. I think low key, like if the Sixers could make a run at Marcus Smart, I think that would be a good move for them because they're not a super defensive team, but they also need some shooting. And I don't think that's really Marcus Smart's specialty, you know? Right, almost definitely. I think Mark Smart would fit would fit pretty good um, for in there. I think um, I think I like Mark Smart. Mark Smart that that dude that you're one on his team on your team because he's that bulldog. Yeah, and you know he's gonna put in the work. He's that dude that you want to go to war with. You know, like Marcus Smart, you don't want to go to war with him. I don't care what anybody says. He's that dude. He's gonna he's gonna grind. He's gonna be Mister Scrappy. And he's he, and he gets it done on both ends of the court. You know, sometimes he, he makes some big shots. Sometimes I'm not saying he's the most efficient scorer, but you know, when when, when time for him to step up, he's he stepped up and showed us twice in the playoffs. He's a young young dude, young player. He's hungry. He has heart. He he'll 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 go and guard LeBron if need be. He didn't care. You know what I'm saying so. I'm surprised no one picked him up just off heart determination alone. So 76ers would be a good pickup for him, like low key to to go to, but I'm surprised the Celtics haven't got him yet, you know? Yeah. It's kind of a shame. I don't know. If I was the Celtics, I would really want to keep him happy and in Boston, you know? He's yeah, most definitely. He's got a bright future and is also playing well currently. That's 
that's a pretty rare combination in the NBA to have a bright future and be doing your duty currently, you know? Right. Young in that too. You know, and then, you know, Wizards go off, they signed Dwight Howard, which like, what do you think about, you know, Dwight doesn't really do it for me. I always thought he was a goofball. But I don't I don't see how this is going to help the, the Wizards out that much. You know what I'm saying? Huh. That is the first I've heard about it, actually, that the Wizards signed Dwight Howard. That's, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, how's that going to work with Marshall? Everything. They're just be like, are they going to twin power it out? Because... You know, is, I don't even know if Gortat's going to be able to be in there long or nothing because, you know, he doesn't get along with uh, – what's his face? Uh, John Wall, you know. So, like, I, like, I don't know how that's going to work out. Twin Towers thing in the NBA that doesn't even work anymore, you know. So, yeah, that's that, that was an awkward signing. I don't know about too much about that one. Um, the Kings signed Zach Levine, and then the Bulls matched it right back which I don't understand. Uh, you know, Zach Levine hasn't played for, like, in two years because of being injured. Right. But, like, yeah, th- this is where the free agencies, you know, at. You know, they just – Devin Booker signed the max deal. You know, Blazers signed Nurkic. And then you have the five main top left, you know, free agents that I talked about. And then you got Kawhi. So, I think the free agency in a week has gone from, oh, my God, what's going to go on to, oh, we kind of know what happened, so, you know, what's next? Yeah. Um, In terms of, like, players left, you know, I don't – I think we're going to see, like, the team scrambling to, like, complete their rosters and overpay for the players that aren't really necessary pieces to build winning teams. But, you know, that's that's pretty common for, like, most NBA off-seasons as far as it goes. Yeah, you know, most definitely. I, I think I think the guys who are going to get gobbled up in free agent right now or agency right now, I think they might try to start packaging guys to make trades and deals before, you know, starts to get to get guys. Because if you think about it, you know, even though Lakers – see, the Lakers don't sign, you know, Kawhi, and there's nobody there to be – LeBron's, you know, number two. I mean, he ha- there's talent around him that you can package together, trade picks, you know, that you can trade as well. You know, you can find a package to get some somebody, and they're going to need to do it. You know, it needs to happen a little sooner for James over there. But, you know, that's, that's a free agency, man, and that's how it's, you know, going to end up, so yeah. – um, next, I wanted to talk about player who's been uh, just a stronghold in Detroit for so long, has been a captain of the team, has been with them his whole career. But I think we talked about it last summer too, but he could be nearing the end of his time as Henrik Zetterberg. Um, right now he's in yeah. danger of missing the 2018-2019 season because of some back issues that have kind of bothered him the last couple years of his career. And he's getting up there, and he could be put on long-term injured reserve, which is what Johan Franzen is currently on. We haven't seen him in what feels like <laughs> six years. I think it has been six years. Right. So I just think 
you know, we don't usually get too into hockey, but if Henrik Zetterberg misses this upcoming season, do you think that does it for him? Like, at that point, do you think it's a career? Um, I think coming off a back injury, I think that's, to me, one of the most, you know, when you get back injury, that, that pretty much says that it's career. You know, your back's your core. You know, it's, it's all part of your core. And, like, a lot of people don't recover. You you never recover from back injury. I don't care who you are. You know what I'm saying? You you might – you it, it might it – might, while you're young, hold up in this net, but it's going to continue to progressively get worse. We get older. Zetterberg getting older. If he takes a if he takes a route, Franzen did, dude. We're not going to see him for six years. It's not like he's going to be like, oh, sit out six years and be the fresh young dude he was. No, he's just going to be you know, older Zetterberg. It's been not in action, not mobile, not moving. So, do I think it's time for him to hang up? Uh, the skates that's that's what his body's gonna tell us um me i personally would like to see it i i i wouldn't mind seeing it because a you know i wish this guy all the health you know for him and his family and you know life goes on after the sport and he can do other things you know within you know right. hockey just not on the ring you know rink my bad and 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 two you know i want to see Pist- uh, Pistons, the Red Wings kind of being rebuilt. They they are in rebuild, regardless of what Holland says. You know, you know, there's nobody really that's gonna step up and take the who's gonna be who's gonna be the cap. Dylan, how old is he? Young guy. You know what I'm saying? So like, I feel like essentially they are in rebuild mode. And if Zetterberg does go out and he like ends it, it's just like officially official. That they're in rebuild, mode. right? And regardless of what anybody yeah, thinks, I gotta agree with you on both points. Like, the dude's still got to have a life after hockey, and we've seen some articles about Johan Franzen and, and his concussion issues and how it's affecting him in his daily life, which is day to day. How it's hard for him to handle, and we don't want to see that happen to anybody. Like, even if it's someone on a team we hate, and then on the ice, you know, I think it is time to usher in the new era of the Red Wings because there are some there is some young talent to build on there's just there's not a ton of money because Red Wings keep signing just dumbass contracts to players who don't deserve it but that's a separate issue and I hate to say it because you know he was one of my favorite players obviously the captain since 2013 Conn Smythe winner in the 2008 finals you know he's got two Stanley Cups played for another one in 2009 um but you know he's he's nowhere near what he used to be, nor are the Red Wings. Most definitely, man. And I just hope Detroit sports makes a strong back because right now we are heavily leaning on the Lions, and uh, that's another show. <laughs> that's another show. And it's but um yeah, man. Um, it, it it'll be it'll suck to see him go, but you know um, all good things must come to an end. And I'll always use this analogy. I just don't want athletes to end up like Wizards Jordan. Know when to hang it up. Know when to go out with a bang and not make yourself, you know, even though Jordan, even though like 39-year-old Jordan averaged like 20-something points a game for that season, but it was just like, it was not needed. You know you weren't going anywhere. You were just playing it for the love of the game, I guess, at that point. But don't be Wizards Jordan, you know what I'm saying? So, 
I wish him all the best. I hope he recovers. I hope he comes back. I hope he leads these young guys and mentors them. But he can do that without being on the ice, without sacrificing his mind and body and, you know, still being part of this organization. You know? yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man, you want to you lead in with the uh, Incredibles, too? Yeah, we can. Did you want to do Incredibles or you want to talk about Let's talk about Incredibles first because they've been in the Wasp. That's, you know, that's going to take a, a minute. Yeah. Incredibles, too, though, dude, 14 years in the making, you know. Um, I thought it was fabulous, man. I thought I, I, I was glad to see more of uh, what Jack-Jack had to offer, you know, because, you know, we saw that bits and pieces and towards the end of the first one with him going crazy on uh I can't think of that guy's name the hypnosis dude I can't think of his name syndrome that was his name yeah syndrome yeah so it was, I, I, I like to see more more, more of that was going on um I like the fact that um the kids were more more involved off rip more frozone because I love Samuel L. Jackson but um yeah, we took my whole squad to see it. It was actually my youngest one's first movie. So she was just giddy about just being in there and big screen. But I, um, I'm hoping uh, uh, Incredibles 3, but I, I just don't want her to wait another 14 years. You know, you feel me? Right. Um, yeah, I like how they had the thing before the movie saying like, hey, we know it's been a while, but you know, making quality animated movies like this, it does take some time. But, you know, it's so rare to see a sequel like that stand on its own very well and not try to bank off of the success of the first one. Because so many times we see animated movies come out and be a success, and then the sequel comes out within like a year and a half or two years, and it seems like it's all banking off of the first one and the success that the first one had. And maybe that's a benefit of having the second movie come out 14 years later is that it's almost forced to be its own movie and just regain the success that the first one had. It wasn't riding any momentum or any wave of success based off the first one. And I thought it did a great job of paying respect to the first one kind of, you know, because it didn't, it didn't overshadow it by any means, but it was its own movie and it was fantastic. Right great movie yeah most definitely like like it, it started off with the with the uh the guy that was a digger what did they call it? what was his name i can't even think of his name the guy who ended what was the his name the underminer and they, they started off with that and like you know they started off with that and you know they didn't make it like so much a big part of it you know and then they kind of like went off on its own thing, and Bob Odenkirk, who did uh, who is uh, a Better Call Saul, was that the, the guy? The uh, he was all smitten over the superheroes and everything, but they made it a good plot, you know, with the brother and the sister thing. And um, I, I was glad to see, like I said, more Jack Jack because I think Jack Jack is just a, such a cool little character. That guy can do so much. Um, I want to see though, is like, you know, are they going to take this and have? the three incredible children grow up. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, it, you know, are they always going to keep the Incredibles in with, within this, like, 
I don't know, a Simpsons-like perspective where you know, it's going to go on and, like, it's 30 years later, Maggie's still on a pacifier. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I would like to see them kind of grow up. Jack kind of, like, maybe become a villain, you know, and just, like, big old plot twist. I think that would kind of be cool, you know, but um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. You know, I, I enjoyed Craig Nelson. I grew up watching Coach. So, um, it, it, it was a good movie. Um, is it better than the first one? You can't really compare them, like you said, because they, they're kind of both standalone from, from the 14 years apart. You know what I'm saying? It's a wide fan base, you know what I'm saying? 14 years ago, I watched it, you know. Go, you know, my kids my kids all watched Incredibles, you know, even though it was like eight years later, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just hope they, if they make another one, it's not 14 years from now. Yeah. Um, another movie that recently came out, um, we might have to give her a spoiler warning for this one, um, was Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, this out. is heavy spoiler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, heavy spoiler. If you have not seen it, turn it off if you're listening. Yeah, so it came out uh, this Friday, actually. And um, it ended very, very crazily, kind of tied in the Avengers movie and Atman and the Wasp. Um, I think this movie is also kind of like maybe a little more also standalone-ish from the first one. The first one, you know, could stand alone from the, from the second one, seeing that it didn't really tie into the whole Infinity War type deal. This one, it kind of did, especially at the very end. And I want you, I want to know what your take is on the first you know, exit scene or, uh, you know, end credit scene of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, so this movie, I think in order to uh, fully grasp, like, what was happening in this movie, you need to have seen, like, the first Ant-Man, then Infinity, um, no, then uh, Civil War, because, you know, Ant-Man comes up in Civil War and he gets uh, put into prison for that and puts on house arrest and, you know, Pym and, um, shit, what's her face? Um, Pim's daughter, I'm drawing a blank on her name, but, um, they're forced to kind of go on the run. Um, and then obviously you need to have seen Infinity War because of the end scene. The end scene, friends are so much bigger. Marvel, well, not fans, because, you know, I'm a pretty big fan of Marvel, but they, like, they know more. Um, but going in, they kind of thought it would be funny if, like, uh, Pim got his wife out of, um, you know, the, uh, time... Vortex. I need to see it. Yeah. Realm. And then, like, as soon as she got out, like, Thanos snapped his finger and she faded away. Like, we were kind of joking about that going into the theater. And then we get the, the mid-credit scene where they're seeing how far Ant-Man can go um, into it. And he's like, okay, guys, I'm ready to be pulled out. And they're like, right as they're about to pull him out, you know. And he's like, guys, this isn't funny. Like, this isn't a joke. And it shows uh, it shows that they're gone because Thanos snapped his finger. And it kind of we kind of forget like Infinity War really happened in like a one day span, you know. 
So like right. they could have started off their day like any other normal day trying out this experiment and not knowing that uh, all this stuff was going on and they were going to disappear that day. Yeah, most definitely. And like um what what gets me is that like like my wife came up like we're we're we were driving home she's like, "Well, what if you know hope the wasp didn't vanish what if her parents vanished and she was like jumped back you know what i'm saying was like taken back from it all or she has her wasp suit underneath and she just went into like wasp mode you know what i'm saying because that happened she watched her parents turn to dust she thought they were getting attacked hits wasp mode because she always has her you know maybe she has her suit on underneath what she was wearing and you know, we think that they're all gone, but when we see the when we see the next Ant Man or maybe the next Avengers, she's there to actually bring him back. Or maybe uh, uh, her her mother, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Pim's wife, didn't actually uh, go either. You know, what I'm saying maybe the maybe the dust or the the uh, uh, yeah, the dust was Ant Man or uh, the Wasp and. Pim and she's alive because she now has these powers, you know, and she comes out the realm. You know what I'm saying? Or the third one I said was like, what if uh what if the ant goes and uh what if he like contacts the ant who's playing the drums because they're like, you know, you know, they're all like they're all like interconnected. He's in his suit, maybe he can call that ant to come to, to that uh to come to the roof and hit a button to bring him back from the realm. But dude. What a great ending, man. Yeah. And you're like, you're thinking like, how's it connecting? And then boom, you're like, holy crap, dude, no way. And it's like, but what, a, what, how a, is, what a good movie. How does Ant-Man now make an appearance in the next Infinity War, assuming he was going to? Um, I haven't looked at a lot. I'm intentionally trying to avoid like figuring out which characters are coming back for Infinity War Part 2 and stuff like that. Um, but like, I'm just trying to figure out like how Ant-Man gets out of out of the uh, hall, you know, and comes that back into the regular size, regular time, and everything. Gets like maybe like Louise comes right. back for his truck and realizes that Ant Man is in there and like pulls him out or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like I said, uh, the wasp didn't really is out of picture because she watched her parents turn to dust, and she's really there. You know what I'm saying? She really brings it back. But she's just so in shock at what happened that, you know, it cut off before she could bring his ass back. So there's there, there's a few things that can happen. But all in all, man, it was it, it was a good movie. It told a good story. I love love being, being a father. I love the relationship between him and his daughter. Um, even his uh, even his ex wife and her, you know, the way they are towards him. It's just, you know, they're in awe of him because, <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah, it's kind of funny. Too. And what did you think? What did you think of? Because what I liked about her is that they made her an ex Shield agent. Um, you know, I'm I'm still watching Marvel Agents of Shield, so it was really cool to me to have them bring Shield into the whole mix of of the, of the deal, MCU. making me wonder. Yeah, if 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 Phil Coulson's gonna make an appearance on you know the next Captain Marvel or the next Avengers because you know I I always like to see the uh, 
the movies and the TV crossovers. I would like to see the defenders from Netflix and, you know, the Marvel agents of shield, those agents and the MCU make some kind of crossover because there was one episode where Nick Fury or, um, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury made an appearance on Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know. So, <clears throat> I think it'd be really cool. Um, but, you know, who knows which way they're going to go with it. I don't even know if they even own the agents now. If the, if they, if the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are owned by someone else, but... But overall, yeah, like it's another movie that we see kind of geared towards the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy type genre where there's like equal amounts comedy kind of mixed in, um, you know, kind of like the Thor Ragnarok. Like we're, we're seeing more more Marvel movies head towards that, which I think is good. Like I think it's it makes the movies more enjoyable and it doesn't really take away from the intensity or the plot at all. So I, I think it's I'm all for movies kind of heading towards having more of a comical side like obviously we'll come across movies that don't need it like black panther you don't need any heavy comic relief because that's just a solid movie all the way through or like the first i mean maybe not iron man but like you know the first captain america didn't have too much of a comic relief but then we get to the deeper the we get deeper into the mcu and we find characters like star lord and ant-man and drax you know who do have a bit of a of a lighter like kind of comic side to them and i think it makes them more relatable and more enjoyable to watch you know right right i think i think um there's always room for comedy in the marvel movies but like when they make movies like logan if they if they ever make a movie like logan again like i think there there needed to be any kind of comedy in logan i think that was just such a good dramatic movie you know even if you're not a fan of comic books and like the, the whole you know mm-hmm. marvel universe all that stuff logan's a standalone movie is such a good movie right. you know what i'm saying minus m- minus the cool bloodshed and the you know the x-23 running around like a little badass you know and uh <clears throat> that was really enjoyable i don't think that movies in that kind of you know capacity do not need to have any kind of kind. Maybe a little bit of dings here and there to give a little Easter egg, ha-has, you know. But, yeah, I agree. Like, it was so good because who doesn't love Paul Rudd? You know, the dude looks like, you know, you know, he's 40 years old. He looks like he did in Clueless, you know. So, and Paul Rudd's the man, dude, and he's, he's funny. I like how he's just so so entirely clueless of what he's doing, but he's just so, like, he's – that criminal mindset he has that he's he's like that it's weird he has that ex-con criminal mindset not too bright of a guy when it comes to talking science and stuff but at the end of the day he's gonna get it done yeah i thought it was hilarious when um pim's wife michelle pfeiffer um was like inside body. yeah it was like hilarious and they're like making jokes towards each other like oh our first fight in 30 years and it ends like that and they're just like looking into each other's eyes and shit like that and like connecting <laughs> when in real life like those characters are beefing <laughs> i thought that was that was such a great take it was hilarious yeah and then like he comes to and they're holding hands <laughs> you know he's like he's like nope nope not feeling her can't get nothing he's like he's like you intertwined with my wife in the realm he's like i would never do that to you hank i swear to you 
and the whole uh, the the whole truth serum thing. And I was like, that's not truth serum. I was like, yeah, what are you talking about? It you inject it into somebody, it makes them more willing to talk and more willing to give the truth. Like it's truth serum. It's like no, it's completely different from truth serum. <laughs> and at the end, he's like, whoa, dude, it is truth serum, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, but like um. One of my personal favorite parts is, uh, you know, the Russian guy who works with them. Yeah. And the the actually it's it's Ti, the Russian guy, and Michael Pena. Mm-hmm. Well, the the Russian guy, you know, he's talking about Baba Yaga, the, the witch. Well, like the funny thing is, is that like when I was younger, my grandma used to tell me, because uh, my gra- my grandma's from the old country, she she used to tell me a story about, you know, I, I guess it's an Eastern European Russian thing. She was called Baba Roga, and there was this old witch lady who had these long, long, like, razor blade fingernails. And if you're a kid, if you didn't go to sleep, she would crawl, she would uh, uh, cr- uh, claw through the wall to get you. And if you shut your eyes and went to sleep, she'd stop. So it was like an old folk, folk tale. So when that popped up, and he's like, bah. Like literally missed my pain so hard because I could so so highly relate to that part, man. I thought it was just absolutely great. That's derived from that. That's great. Yeah. So, yeah. But dude, I for um personally, I cannot wait for uh Captain Marvel. I want to see how that's gonna you know where where that's gonna go. Um. I don't think that the end set credits really revealed too much about other movies. You, you get what I'm saying? But it did let us know that, hey, this happened and the Affinity War was going on and this whole time this was happening too. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be interesting when it does. Like, that really took place in the span of a day. Like, you know, Thanos sending his merchants down, Tony and Doctor Strange and Spider-Man going up with them and then running into Guardians of the Galaxy and, you know, Gamora dies and then they come back and the battle at Wakanda is taking place and Thor comes in with Stormbreaker. Like, yeah, that that's all in a 24-hour span, less than a 24-hour span. And, you know, Thanos comes back, gets the uh, the, um, the last stone from Vision and then snap, does a snap after, after they trick us into thinking Thor got him. <laughs> yeah, so I thought... <laughs> Right, because like, there were other people on the other side of the country just going throughout their normal day. Like, I mean, you figure it would be on the news, but also it's like, you know, like I don't know where Ant Man is taking place. I forget, but it's I think it's in California. Yeah, it's in it's in like the Bay. So they're like on the other side of the world. They don't. They're just like having a normal day, trying out some science shit, and then like, yeah, that happens. Yeah, most definitely. And plus, and plus, you know, scientists and people when they get so enthralled in like what they're doing that like they don't look and see what's going on. They're just you know they're trying to like collect, like they said, they're trying to collect that 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 quantum realm stuff to heal Ghost. So we know that she's gonna she's gonna be in the mix too. So did she go too, or is she gonna be there to help out? You know, we don't know. But um. I like the fact, like I said, that she's a shield agent. I think shield agents that were kind of like, this kind of like makes her to me like more of an inhuman than anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because this was kind of more along like a, a lines of an accident. Did it? Did she have some kind of uh, altered, or was this like a gamma ray Hulk accident? Right. Don't know, but 
I like the fact like this, that they brought in the whole shield thing into it, which is like, and they mentioned it more than once. You know what I'm saying? Because like they're like, oh, Fim, you were a, a, a guy at shield. Lord's Fishburne was a guy at shield. You know, she was a shield agent. So there's a lot of shields getting thrown around. So I wonder if shields going to make a big appearance in the next Avengers because they were around in the other Avenger right. movies, you know? It all ties in. It all ties in. It all ties in. Yeah, Joe. I think we covered everything, man. Um, we're looking good free agency wise. Troy got Zaza Pachulia. Welcome to Detroit. Hope you don't break ankles and let people land on your ankles. Um Um, I like I like Dwayne Casey. Hopefully he can take over and uh, you know give a success where the hedgehog didn't. Covered uh, Incredibles 2. Hopefully they make a third one. Not in a 14-year span, though. <laughs> Ant-Man, and, Ant-Man and the Wasp. What a what a good standalone, you know, movie as that. Everybody wondered how the uh, Avengers was going to tie into that. And literally, it took not even a minute scene for everybody's minds to be blown. So if you haven't seen those two movies, I suggest you do that. If you don't know anything about free agency, I suggest you you see what's going on in the NBA because the West is hella strong and the East is going to look like a lot of college yeah. teams. So I think that's it, Joe. You got I anything, bro? It. You know, we'll probably get more into like college football talk with the season coming up. And um, yeah, maybe we'll talk about the World Cup. I haven't really been following it that much, but I'll have to, uh, I'll have to read up on it because I know there's just a lot of exciting shit going on that I'm missing out on. So maybe I'll have to read up on that. Most definitely. And uh, go Croatia. Croatia, yes. Down to four teams. It's uh, Croatia, and I, pl- I believe we're playing Wednesday or Thursday, I think, the game. England, uh, Belgium, and France. And those are the last four, and then off to the championship. So I hope my uh, hope my Croatians win. My mom got two bottles of moonshine from Croatia that she's been saving. So we're going to pop those little, little mini ones open and drink them when they win it. Knock on wood. But – yeah, man. Excitement's going Best on. Best of luck baby. to you with that, then. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you, guys. Beers for Radio. Beers for Radio. Out. Check us out on all platforms. Um, Not sure how much longer Season 1 and 2 are going to be available on SoundCloud, but they are still available right now as we speak as of June 8th, going on June 9th. And we are available on so many more platforms now. Um. But mainly, if you check us out on our Facebook page, you will see so much more content than just what we talk about here. We delve into a lot of more stuff, and we share our podcast there whenever we have a new episode up. So check us out on Facebook at Beards for Radio Podcast, and on all the other platforms available. We are not just on Anchor anymore. We're going global, motherfucker. (laughs) Tell them, Joey. Yeah, man, Beards for Radio, man. Go to, go to all our social medias, drop us a like, give us a follow, man, and yeah, check our content out, baby. Right. So, all right, Joe. Till we meet again, brother. Right. May the fourth. Thank you.